It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Anytime during my 10 years, I could do this. That's power. That's power. Comes down to Hartsman's foot. Here's the snap. The ball is down. The kick is up. And it's gone. Wolfpack wins. It's time for the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Here's your host, James Curl. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Hey, thanks, guys. We are we're here at Amedios and and not in an elevator this week, which is uh, a step up in the world from where we were last week, uh, or at least where I was. Uh, happy to have our usual crowd of folks here, and uh, we uh, y- you've already heard a uh, a familiar voice uh, that. Uh, came on the uh, the air here just a second ago and uh let's go ahead and bring him back on uh austin johnson is with us this week how are you doing sir hey i'm great thanks for having me i've yeah. missed it it uh hopefully it's like you know riding a bike i don't forget <laughs> how to talk into a microphone I'm, I'm sure you'll do just fine you'll do just fine and thanks. uh matt purdy is with us this week as well how are you doing sir not too bad james uh Interesting sports weekend, but made it through it. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, a lot crammed into one weekend, and, and obviously we've got a lot to uh, to talk about with this week: uh, football, basketball, and a lot in between. Uh, so, uh, what happened in between? Uh, <laughs> I, somehow I knew you would quiz me on what the in between stuff was. Uh, I, I had a uh, scout derby, uh, space derby with my uh, son's scout troop. Uh, that may have been what I was thinking about. Uh, I'm sure you that had sounds some, fun. Yeah, well, it was. It was a lot of fun, and I'm sure you had some things going on with the twins and, and your son. And uh, most of my family's had a cold, so even though it was nice, we kind of just laid on the couch. We watched right. Toy Story for the first time with my son. Oh. He wasn't that enthralled with it, to be honest. <laughs> son, this is a classic. You gotta, you gotta get into it more yeah. than this. So uh, he he wanted to watch the fish movie instead about halfway through it. So which is Finding Finding Nemo. Right, he's a big Finding Nemo fan. So that was my weekend. We yeah. can probably talk about sports now. Sorry, we, we probably should. Dad life podcast. Yeah, the- <laughs> I could I could talk which, for hours. In which case, I am in a, the wrong place. <laughs> um, let's uh, well, let's see. Let's start with football in this segment. Um, we uh, I, I feel like because of last week's elevator issues, we didn't really get to discuss bc too much and there's we obviously won't uh, dwell on it too much as well but uh uh it, i felt bad that we didn't get a chance to mention it too much during the uh you know uh episode we had with bud elliott uh it was a great win uh you know broke another streak on the road against a team that we had not beaten since they joined the acc um and you know uh you beat Wake, you beat BC. Um, we talk about uh, this team being able to beat the teams they should beat, and that was another example, you know, of that. And uh, not a whole lot more you can can say about that. I don't know if uh, there's, you know, a lot to break down about that game, but uh, you know, it 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 keeps states, uh, you know, season hopes in some sense based on where certain well, people bowl pre- eligible now. Yeah. So yeah, bowl that's, eligible. It's always an accomplishment. Yeah, and um, you know uh, it just kind of continues on that trend of being able to uh, to play to your level or hopefully above. We're still working on the playing above, as we'll discuss in the Florida State game. But yes, um, you know, being able to beat Boston College on the road, a team that uh, had the number one defense and a lot of different metrics, putting up uh, twenty four points. Um, we allowed them to uh, you know put up eight points kind of late. I was kind of disappointed we didn't get the shutout, but. Yeah. That was a pretty solid performance all around, I think, pretty much by any way you slice it. Yeah, and I think uh, we'll talk about this probably with the Florida State stuff too, but just the way Doran's team play, teams have played on the road the last two years has, has been nice to see. I think, you know, one of our 
one of the frustrating things about the previous era was watching a good team go on the road against a bad team and sort of fall on their face. Right. And that doesn't seem to happen very much. Doran has his teams really well prepared to play on the road. Yeah. And yeah, and in some respects, um, well, I mean, we, the, the season has been kind of char- choppy as far as home games and away games. And, um, you know, the – I mean, it's it's – it feels like, in some respects, this team almost plays a little bit better on the road uh, mm-hmm. than they do at home. The I guess I'm thinking most notably about that Louisville game, where it seemed like they were, you know, coming into that game with a lot of expectations and and mm-hmm. kind of failed to live up to those uh, expectations against you know a pretty decent Louisville team. Yeah. But um, yeah, let's not spend too much time <laughs> on Boston College, but a good win and and uh, uh, one that set the table for Florida State quite nicely and. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting that game to probably turn out the way that it did. Uh, you know, I think if if you showed a state fan the final score of uh, what thirty four to seventeen, that is without correct. any context, it'd yeah. Be. yeah, yeah. I mean, in context, that's a that's probably about where you would expect to to finish up. You know, um, maybe the disappointment is the fact that state early on in that game, whenever Golson was in, looked to be in pretty much complete control. And then Jimbo and the rest of the team uh, did the obvious thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah did what but they, the guy that does not throw interceptions into the game, right? Uh, Golson fumbles once, and I think threw two picks, and then that was it. And McGuire mm-hmm. came in, and you know there was some question about whether or not he was healthy or not going into that game. We had heard reports that maybe he had been injured during mm-hmm. the week in practice, but he certainly didn't look injured in that game, and came in and played lights out and once they got momentum on their side it was you know it was pretty tough for state to kind of get things back going on their side uh in that game so they you know finished the first quarter up 17 to 10 and then i think florida state pretty much finished the 17 17 yeah. yeah. scored on like the first second, play of the was second quarter there's that second touchdown there they got made it 17 7 where i think you got some of your hope up a little mm-hmm. bit right um but yeah, I think it was pretty obvious they were going to have to bench Goldson, and, and after that happened, uh, yeah, Florida State did did enough offensively, and and really they did whatever adjustments they made because at the beginning of the game, State goes three and out after they get I think it was a fumble to start fumble on the first play from scrimmage yeah, for they, Florida they State, right? Got, they yeah. just got the field goal from it. They just but. got the field goal, but the next two possessions I thought they moved the ball pretty well, and even I think most of the first half it it felt like they were moving the ball well. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They didn't cash in on some of those drives, um, but then whatever adjustments Florida State made um, in the second half, it certainly certainly showed because State didn't State actually didn't score after the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. they got they got like a foot away from scoring as time ran out. But that yeah, was, and I don't know why you don't just line up and throw two slants and hope you get the points. But yeah, it, I'd, I'd kind of like you know resigned myself to the outcome of that game, and it was kind of at peace with it. And then on that final play, I was like, "Wait, why? What? What happened there? Just yeah, you know, no clock, clock it, and give it. yourself you know two shots. If, if you're hell bent on keeping Jacoby in the game to get pounded on, it's <laughs> uh, a score. You know, this uh, last touchdown, give yourself a legit shot at it, and you know." Uh, Throw the ball a couple times, but um, it, it seemed like the stadium could tell that the li- they all knew the line was ten. I think because you know it's like like the crowd amped up its noise like well, the last two plays. Money riding in that game. <laughs> yeah, so it was. I thought that was kind of funny. I was like, why is it so loud? And then I realized, oh, if they score here, it could actually have like betting implications. That'd be funny. Maybe they you... get like free biscuits if they <laughs> yeah. if doesn't score twenty points or something. <laughs> if FSU covers the spread, they get free biscuits. Oh, so uh, it could just be a point, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it uh, that five was, dollars off your next tool. <laughs> Should have kicked a field goal then. Yeah, it, it that'll was, show them. The, yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that was a little frustrating. But um, you know, Florida State defensively did a lot in the second half. You know, they they sacked um, Brissett four times, I think, in the game. That's the official count. But he uh, also ran the ball a ton and got hit a ton. Right. Yeah. As, and as me and Matt noted before before we started, he was the state's leading rusher, which is always a bad sign. Yeah, and it, <laughs> unless you're Georgia Tech, even then it's not ideal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a bad sign when your offense is predicated on you know scrambles, you know, running with running backs and throwing the ball. Right, right. And I mean, this is kind of life after Matt days, where you know yeah. you're relying on, um, you know your third and fourth options to pretty much get the right. job done after Shadrach's dismissals. So, 
Um, you know, it's uh, they're they're trying to you know kind of make the best of it, and and to you know, to Kobe's credit and to the Matt Canada's credit, there were uh, opportunities there, as you noted, also in the first half where you know State was getting big yardage w- running the ball with Jacoby. So. I guess you credit Canada for identifying that they would have some opportunities in that respect, um, and it worked. But uh, didn't have the same opportunities in the second half, and they were able to get to them. Um, it's you know it's tough to uh, keep uh, a defensive line like Florida State's at bay for an entire game. Just the defense in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in general, I mean, though we say State was moving the ball well in the first half, they were also given three turnovers on. Yeah. Florida State's first four they, possessions. The maybe? first, the first two drives, State was up three nothing and had negative like twenty four yards or something like that. Because <laughs> yeah. the second drive, they went, Jacoby got sacked, and then right. they like had another like loss of six or something. Yeah, and they were up three nothing, and I was, I was getting kind of worried. Then they went down and scored twice. I was like, okay, maybe we actually have a game here, and I was envisioning great things. And then Dalvin yeah, Cook we just happens. needed like six more ever Goldston <laughs> possessions. And, yeah, and and. A L- little bit less uh, Dalvin Cook because that was, you know, they did okay on Patrick, but Dalvin <laughs> Cook is just those two drives where uh, Everett was in the game and Cook was out of it. Yeah, yeah, Florida that State was... looked very, very human. Yeah, they looked like uh, like Florida A and M or something for yeah, me. yeah. They it was a uh, I, I had high hopes that they would keep Golson in for the entire game, mm-hmm. and, and I was puzzled why they had him in there at all in the in the first place because when we talked with bud elliott during the middle of the week yeah I mean, he almost sounded certain that it was going to be mcguire's you know team for the rest of the year mm-hmm. he didn't seem, i think it is now <laughs> yeah. well, and, and and i guess that begs the question that doesn't have a real answer why start golson in that particular situation I, I don't know if they saw something that they felt like state does tend to struggle against scrambling quarterbacks but yeah. he didn't really do much of that. I think he had one. Right. He had one pretty good run where they did like a fake read option, and he just took off, and nobody was with him for like right. thirty yards. But I think outside of that, I don't have an answer to your question, James. <laughs> well, it is perplex. I agree, yeah. it's perplexing. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know why you start him. Um, it could be promises too. You know, when he was transferring from Notre Dame, I mean, well, you're start I know, at least six I thought games. Of it, but yeah. He, but see, I thought about that. Like, you know, okay, I'm I'm running out of good logical reasons why he's in this game. So maybe let's switch to the illogical ones, like maybe things that he had been promised during the transfer process yeah. or and, things like and that. People may laugh that off, but because that stuff is very real. Always keep their promises. <laughs> well, yeah. you but know, there's certain bridges you can't burn, and there's there's all right. kinds of politics at play with that. And stuff. maybe maybe Jimbo thought it, if we're if we're chasing down this uh, this this conceit. You know, maybe this is a game that he felt like he could put Golson in yeah, and save win, McGuire. Yeah. and and not need uh, McGuire for uh, to get the the victory. And Golson made it pretty clear early on in that game that uh, no, that was not going to be the case. And from here on out, if you're Jimbo, I think you don't owe Golson anything else. You give him just about <laughs> yeah. every opportunity. Right, it'd be hilarious. It'd be hilarious if they started. They played him on the first snap every game going forward. <laughs> he, and then, I think and they play him. like some terrible team next, though, like Chattanooga or somebody. Right. I think. So and, they may just throw him in there. And, yeah, as uh, <laughs> as Bud said, they've adopted the SEC scheduling model, which is you schedule your FCS opponent the I think game Clemson before. Does that too now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're starting to see more of these programs do that. Where to? Well, because uh, they have their rivalry game against the SEC. Yeah, the closing week, and the SEC team is playing some garbage warm-up team. Yeah. So why don't you should too? I mean, right? if they're going to do that, so, you don't want to be playing some like super important ACC conference game, and yeah, you know, and and you'd like to have your guys rested up for what you hope would be a conference title game mm-hmm. in the two weeks after. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard but to fall. Is Georgia Tech playing somebody terrible? I'm curious. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because they play Georgia. Right. <laughs> Not that either one is really relevant right now, but yeah, I was going to say I was going to make the Georgia joke just to get at Chris Hathcock, but uh, he's not in uh, here right now. To, to he hear just my stepped bar. out. He probably knew it was coming. Yeah, um, they have Miami, so might as well be. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I you know. I left that game not too bummed out. I don't think I saw too many folks that were too irritated with the outcome. I mean, I think we all knew it was a little bit of a long shot to go in Tallahassee to win. We certainly didn't get smoked like we did two years ago. Um, so there's that. Um, of course, Florida State's Progress. not the team. Yeah, and, and Florida State's not the team that <laughs> no, they, they were. Not, they're Wilson not that national championship team. No. Yeah. But, but um, it's still, it does kind of show, hey, we're kind of closing the gap a little bit. Yeah. You know? I mean, Clemson's the best that they've been in 33 years, and – you know, hung with it. Granted, Syracuse hung with them, but you know, he hung with them. He hung with 
Florida State for three quarters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're it's not they're not jumping leaps and bounds, but they're getting better athletes. Yeah, um, you know, even some of the freshmen. Roseboro was constantly getting in there. Riley Nicholson, who you know wasn't really on the radar to play a bunch early, he was you know getting some hits and making some tackles. So it's they're getting better athletes. Yeah, they just there's some still some things to kind of so bolt down. So question, since I'm unlikely to be here the next two weeks, <laughs> and I'm curious about your opinions on on this. Say State splits the next two games mm-hmm. and, and loses mm-hmm. to Carolina and beats Syracuse, which is probably the most likely uh-huh. iteration. Um, is that progress? Let's see. We would end the year. Is that a step back? Is it neither? I think it's stagnation, but not yeah. necessarily a bad thing. I mean, stagnation has a negative connotation, but I mean, it, it's it's you're at the same place you were. And I mean, last you're sort year. of hitting reset next year because you, you've got a new McClendon quarterback. McClendon, and you're losing three linemen. Right. Um, um, the it, defense will be good. It wouldn't I think. feel. So, it probably I mean, wouldn't with feel this, like last with year. With this did. schedule right. and and the team he had, I'll, I'm going to say it feels like a step backwards. To only win seven games. I mean, you can win a bowl game and win eight, but but to only win seven games yeah. ag- it, it, against what you, uh, I think you'll look. It's a, you're going to look back at those Louisville and Virginia Tech games yeah. and, oh, yeah. and kind of go, "Well, there's your missed opportunity to have a have a real real step forward season." When right. I looked at the schedule before the season, I said Louisville or Virginia Tech. If State wins either one of those, it's the biggest game in Dorn's era. I mean, the North mm-hmm. Carolina game last year was big, but. That shows, hey, we're ready to step up, maybe make the top half of this division, and work from there. You go, you go through Doran's tenure. There's maybe one instance where he's beaten a team of equal of equal Carolina, or greater talent, probably, right? and that would be Carolina last year. And Carolina was a mess by the time they got yeah. to him last year. Yeah. And UCF yeah. was okay, which is not yeah, which is not making an, an, an excuse, like not trying to pass that off as it doesn't count. It does, mm-hmm. but I mean, he's won for the ACC on on teams of equal They're or more like talent. Five and nineteen in the conference, or something like that. Yeah, and and maybe you just throw out that first year because it was yeah, such a train wreck. I, there was no talent, but, but still, yeah. there's there's not a lot of instances of him taking a team because you're never going to have at state. He's never going to recruit with Clemson and Florida no. State. I mean, not for. Not unless he starts doing more with the talent he gets. To get that talent, you have to do more with the talent you have. Right. Uh, so he, I think the one thing you need to see from Doran, and I think he's doing a fine job. I'm not trying to, to criticize you know, the direction of the program. It, it, you've got to see at some point him beating teams with more talent mm-hmm. than he has because that's, that's what you have to do to take a step forward as, sure. a, as a middle-tier program. Yeah, I, I think I would say, to answer your question, um, it would feel... Uh, a little bit worse than last year because last year we ended with so much positive momentum. Yeah, five, I mean, four of the last five or something right, like that. You beat Carolina, uh, and we're assuming a loss to Carolina in that final game. I mean, um, I think if you beat Carolina and you beat Syracuse, that, then it's it's not necessarily a big step forward, but it's not a step back at all. And you, no. you kind of just, you know, you you really look back at those other two games as missed opportunities to to have a special season at that point because yeah. that's the difference between maybe. You know, a nine or ten win season, and and eight or nine wins is yeah. Ten wins is very mm-hmm. ten wins is very significant if you're NC State because they've done it once. Yeah, uh, under Chuck, and that was it yeah. in 2002. So, yeah, I mean, and for for all the the um, you know talk about you know the the first four games of the season being kind of a, a preseason that didn't really count. I mean, it is it is worth noting that those were you know four teams that were very beatable and. So if you take those out, you're three and five at that point in the ACC uh, against three teams that you should have beat, but also pro- probably the worst three teams in the conference. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, be, not yeah, it's trying to be, legitimate. but yeah, I mean, maybe Virginia's in that mix, but otherwise, those are the worst three teams in the conference. Yeah. So it's, um, I I don't know, I it, I uh, it, it would be the similar record. Maybe it would feel a little bit like a step back. I guess you know at that point you look at who you face in the bowl game, and probably aren't facing a team that's better than you in the bowl game more than likely. No, because the ACC conference matchups are garbage, right. hot, hot garbage. Right. So um, yeah, I don't. You know. get a middle tier ACC bowl, you're facing some lower, lower conference opponent. You're not. You're. I don't know of any of the middle tier bowls that are actually facing another um, power five conference. I'd have yeah. to go and look at all the. I will say that, um, you know, I, uh, 
with it being Jacoby's second of two years, it will feel like kind of a missed opportunity, right? Since he, you know, and won't really have ca- we won't have cashed in on his on having final a pretty season. good starting quarterback, and I, yeah. we've been spoiled in that regard lately. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of pretty good, really mm-hmm. good or pretty good starting quarterbacks, but um, anyone who was around for those first couple of post Philip Rivers era <laughs> years oh, knows Jay that Davis, knows Marcus that's Stone. not a. All good guys, by the way. But knows <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just knows that is not like a given. Like it's not yeah. a given that you're going to get a, a quarterback that that has not right much less be a future pro, but even be talked about as a future pro. And I don't know that Brissett is a future pro or not, but he's been talked about. He'll get yeah. drafted. I think he'll get drafted in there. He's got the size and the arm strength at he, least. He's a fifth or sixth round. Yeah. I mean, you look at you look at around the ACC at how many teams struggle to get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, it's it's not a given. You just don't know if the next guy's going to be any good or if you're going to go through another couple of years like the post-Rivers era where you yeah. just, you're struggling to find a guy who can who run, run your offense consistently well. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, we we feel pretty good about McClendon based on the limited work we've yeah. seen. But, he's got the physical you know. attributes easily. Yeah. And he seems like a smart enough kid. But, I mean, it's all a toss-up. But you I will you just don't know until yeah. until they get out there. I'll give a, a hat tip to uh, the Red and White podcast who uh, has dogged us as being a rival podcast. So a shout-out to uh, Dustin and uh, Evan over there. Um, they made a good point on their show last week. You know, in that Boston College game, I would have liked to have seen Jalen get a few more meaningful snaps yeah. in that game. You know, Florida State, you don't, certainly want, don't want to put Jalen out there to get pounded <laughs> is he, on. Is he a junior now? Or he's, a, he's a redshirt freshman this year. Okay. So he's going to be a redshirt oh, sophomore okay. next year. So he's so he'll have three. He's pretty three green. Seasons. But he'll potentially have three yeah. seasons. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, you know, if we're going to give Dorn a, a five or six year window to be thoroughly yeah. evaluated, he'll, yeah. he'll have two pretty good quarterbacks to have had during that right. time. And if, and, if, and if Dorn wins, you know, beat Syracuse, this is a Carolina bowl game. Leave that out the window, but you know he wins seven games. He's not going to be on the hot seat next year unless he goes three and nine. Yeah. So you'll see two years of McClendon, you know, or you know, hey, you know, maybe next year he kills it and he goes somewhere else. But you you never know. But you know, theoretically, you'll see two years of McClendon under Dorn, and I think at that point it's fair to really assess. Yeah. Is this is where the program is? Right. Yeah, uh, I think you talk about that stuff at the end of every year and just you know. Yeah, he has nothing to worry about this year and probably next no. year either. Yeah, as long as next year's not just a stinker, it'll be. I sure hope yeah. not. And I don't, I can't foresee it being that bad. Uh, all right, let's talk about Syracuse real quick. Um, we faced them, hosted them this year in Raleigh. I'll be honest, I have no idea who their starting quarterback. Eric Dungy, I think, but he's like their fourth string, and yeah. he also got hurt for a brief period last week. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They may be playing a fullback. I mean, like, it was amazing. Uh, Maryland they, played that linebacker that time. They, they played Clemson close at all. Didn't we almost lose that team, that Maryland team, when they played their fourth string yeah. quarterback? Yeah. yeah. He was so. he was their backup linebacker and their fourth string quarterbacker. Didn't, they miss, string. The fi- didn't they miss a field goal? No, that to was not the comeback game? game. Yeah, yeah. Don't he doinked like a thirty yeah. yarder, and he was like. He was like eighteen and nineteen that year. Or something. So let's all learn a lesson <laughs> yeah. from that. Before and, before we had the uh, Frank Beamer, you know, arms yeah. in the air with the zero zero Wake Forest game, there was Tom O'Brien arms in the air on a missed field goal. Yeah, that uh, from right down <laughs> the middle. Uh, Needed again to beat the to beat the team right. that was starting its linebacker yeah. quarterback. Right, and all oh, that's right. They have a guy uh, on their roster named Mahoney, which opened the door for a ton of. Uh, Police Academy references. <laughs> then he got hurt or something. He didn't pan out. So, yeah, Dungy. But they're I guess, not good. I, yeah, I don't really know many players at, at all. Um, it would be a real. It would be very bad to lose to this yeah. team. Yeah, you better beat them by three touchdowns. Or yeah, in that realm. I mean, the, like we talked about earlier. Um, you know, they tend to stick around with teams. Now you got to think at this point they're pretty depleted, <laughs> worn down. But you know it. it just win the game, but right. uh, you know theoretically at least look decent doing it. Get some confidence going in against you know nine and one, eight and two, or ten and one, or nine, nine and two. Carolina. They are ninety second uh, out of FPS opponents Oof. in scoring defense and seventy third in scoring offense. So right. they, why does it feel like every time I look at their scores, they they've been sort of close? Like am well, I just imagining Syracuse? Well, what's scores? funny is that they 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 have a scoring average of twenty seven point eight, but that's only good for seventy third in the yeah. FBS. So did, I guess did they beat Wake Forest early in the season, or did they lose to them? It was I a close. It was a close game. I, I don't know. Think I think Syracuse they won, won. Yeah, yeah. 
Didn't, I didn't watch that game closely. <laughs> I didn't watch it, but I follow enough Syracuse and Wake Forest people that I remember seeing the despair and the dread from both the winning and losing teams. Yeah. I mean, it's um, if, if we're going to continue that trend of beating teams we should beat, this should be a game that State wins. Hmm. Um, yeah, Syracuse under Scott Schaefer has had just you know a litany of issues, it seems like. I Does mean, that mean they're soft-nosed? That, yeah. That he well, has, it also means they can't keep, keep their quarterback up, right? right? Isn't yeah. this the yeah. second straight year they've lost their starting quarterback? Yeah, last year we played their third-string their third quarterback, and then this year they're at least third-string. I think he's fourth-string. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that their issue is, it's been a health issue for them. I, it's it's tough for maybe for they're too hard nosed. It, it's in tough practice. to yeah. It's tough to really judge a guy who who hasn't had his starting quarterback either of his first two years. Right. Um. But yeah, yeah things have not gone well up there. And I think if I'm not mistaken, he's a defensive guy. And last year mm-hmm. they had a pretty solid defense, and it's falling off uh, or falling off this year. Um. They it, they aren't nearly as good as they were. Uh, a season prior so where they were previously able to kind of you know hang in games by playing solid defense this year they just don't have that to uh to bail them out so um you know it'll be uh it should it should be a a win for state but uh man i I, the state fan of me always has a hard time putting (laughs) should be uh, yeah don't work well for us yeah exactly um Let's see. Any other thoughts, notes on football before we take a break here and, and talk a little basketball? I got nothing. Uh, Thanks yeah, for I'll, indulging my <laughs> ten thousand foot view of the program. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know if you uh, have any other thoughts since this is your one and only appearance during football. Any season. rants? Any famous? <laughs> no. We no, could do I, it the advice segment. Austin misses that. For yeah. better or worse, this. Um, I mean, uh, this this season has not been all that. Exciting, you know. It's, yeah, there haven't true. been any big, huge uh, victories or, or big, huge disappointments. It, it's been a very mediocre sort yeah. of ride. I mean, losing days was obviously, obviously, really, really rough. But I don't know that you necessarily beat Florida State with him. Uh, I'm not sure you would beat Carolina with him. So, yeah. And, and how, how are you guys going to feel about getting blitzed by Carolina in two weeks? <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Just okay. Yet. Okay. Uh, I'm just hoping that Fedora gets hired before our game yeah. uh, by somebody else. South Carolina and, and, or something. And Everett Withers Part 2 has to take over. Um, <laughs> Stranger Things, rivalry games Gene are weird. Chizik. That's what we'll say. Yeah. Uh, my preview for next week, rivalry games are weird. <laughs> yeah. The the first four games of the year felt like they were completely disconnected from the remaining eight. Uh, I did, uh, like I four years four games into the season I didn't feel like I had any real good read on the team. No, no no one did. Yeah. yeah there, and then, there was no no way to. They could yeah. be each team seventy to nothing and you would have no way to yeah. know if they're any good. So we demolished the first four guys and we lose the next two yeah. in heartbreaking fashion and then and suddenly it was like six games in halfway through the season I was like I don't know. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately I still feel kinda like I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's unfortunate you know, losing Shad was tough, losing days is gonna be tough. Yeah. I, I hate that we won't have our thousand yard rusher yeah, for, thirteen years in a row. Now. Yeah, so it's quite a streak we've got going on. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll you know see how things pan out against Syracuse, and then uh, keep our fingers crossed. Hope for the for, best. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's take a break. Uh, we will talk some basketball in the second segment uh, here on the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. At Amidios, the atmosphere is just as important as the great food. I'm quite the football fan, and coming to Amidios, I amazed of the amount of pictures here of past football players that attended NC State that are normally now have been in the NFL or are presently in the NFL. It makes me want to look at every single picture to see if I can recognize somebody or something from years gone by. Just a great place uh, with all the NC State history. I mean, you got the banners from Reynolds, all the uh, pictures from Every era of NC State athletics, football, basketball, just tremendous history represented in the place. Amedios, great food and great atmosphere. All right, folks, welcome back to the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Yeah. Uh, I would be remiss. Uh, I think this might be the first episode in a long time where I haven't actually mentioned Medios up at the uh, the top of the show. We, uh, Austin jumped right on the microphone, and then that rattled me a bit. So let me mention to you that you can come to Medios uh, this weekend and uh, in the following weekend to uh, get your pregame and postgame on 
at Emilio's if you need some food for your tailgating needs. I believe the, uh, they announced the Carolina kick will be a 3.30 kick. So if you want to grab a little bit of a lunch before the, the football game starts, you can come to Emilio's. And let's see, the uh, Syracuse game, is is that going to be a noon kick for Syracuse? Yeah, that, that's 12.30. 12.30. Oh, the ACC network. Um, all right, well, uh, you can, after the game's over, you can swing by Emilio's and get your post-game meal and hopefully be celebrating a Wolfpack victory after that one with a lot of other Wolfpack fans here at Emilio's. So definitely take advantage of uh, those deals here at Emedios and as students always be sure to remember that you can get discounts all throughout the week as well show your student ID uh, there's just tons of good stuff here at Emedios and we always thank them for their support I uh, I hit up the Emedios Apex location oh you did just, nice. just as good yes. FYI nice. so um, I don't know if those deals carry to the, uh, <laughs> the I don't Apex know location. We, we need to clarify with Dave if they if the same deals do apply. They don't. I'm sure. Uh, I'm getting a, a head shake from Dave in the audience. It's that high class Apex clientele doesn't <laughs> should, need those deals. You should pay the premium for the Apex <laughs> right. location. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that uh, Western Way. They don't need college students live West. near Apex. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yes, uh, come to Emedios proper, the uh, the one here on Western Boulevard, to take advantage of those deals, uh, and we hope to see you. All right, uh, as promised, we're going to talk a little basketball here in this second segment, and we are joined by a familiar face. Chris Corciani is with us this week. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you. Good to see you again. And uh, your, uh, let me just jump right off the bat and say your son got uh, another couple points in the game against <laughs> South Alabama. Uh, I believe the last time he did, you said he was hunting for a shot. It looked like he might have been hunting again that he, time. He was, not, he was so happy. He said, listen, as a walk-on dad, you, you don't understand. We all want to score. He said, but now the rest of the year I've got it out of the way. I can enjoy the season. <laughs> so he's, he's thrilled. Well, they, they before the I was there actually uh, in attendance on some tickets that Matt was kind to get me. Uh, and they were showing – I guess they kind of do a thing where they focus on guys during warm-ups and show some of their stats, mm-hmm. and they show Chris's stats, and it was like <laughs> 0.3 points per game and uh, 0.4 assists per game. Right <laughs> and, uh, I was, I, and I almost – for a second there, I thought maybe the guys up in the, the booth were maybe trolling a little bit, but uh, uh, I, I know they uh, were legit stats, and I'm sure he, he is hoping for those numbers to go up a little bit higher. He's, but uh, He's just so happy to be on the team and um, – you know, it's it's for him going to practice is special because he, you know, competes every day. You know, for a walk on, it's a little different. You know, you become a little bit of a, a cheerleader during the games, which is fine. He's just happy to be part of the program. Yeah, he turned on the Jets for that one too. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I was like, man, this guy really wants that basket. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to lob it up to Kirk, and all of a sudden he was like the first one to the basket. Yeah, that was, no, those walk ons. Awesome. They're, they're not passing out there. Right. Walk ons. Yeah. They want to get their points. They're extra stretched and they're ready to go. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, we uh, we're, we're going to be talking about, I guess, um, the season to this point, which includes. Uh, I don't know if we want to necessarily talk about the exhibition win, but uh, we had the William. We can and Mary- skip that. <laughs> yeah, uh, we had the the William and Mary loss, and then the South Alabama win. Um, so I don't know if you guys have a preference on where we can start. Maybe chronologically, we can start with the William and Mary game. Let's do the bad first. We we'll get yeah. that out of the way. Uh, Chris, let me ask you, um, during that game, you know, what did you see that the team was not doing well? They didn't seem to handle the Princeton offense too well defensively. Um, but offensively, they didn't seem to be quite in sync as well either. Uh, what were some things that you noted during that game? You know, I think, you know, right from the, the beginning of the game, um, you know, they were down 20-5. to 5. William & Mary jumped right out on them, and they didn't react Right. Um, you know, offensively, they struggled. Um, you know, this is a team that's going to has to find their identity. Mm-hmm. You know, you forget that you know Lacey Turner and Washington are gone, mm-hmm. and that was a, that was a nice little you know punch there. So they got to find where their offense is going to come from. I was more disappointed on the defensive end because this team needs to be a, a very good and should be a very good defense team. They've got all the tools, uh, the length, the strength. Um, so both from an offensive and defensive standpoint, they didn't play well. A lot of times you say 
you know, they didn't have patience on offense. I didn't mm. think they had patience on defense. Mm, and when no. they got down, they panicked, and that's when the Princeton offense kicks in because they you're started, knocking down threes. They started going, really trying to overplay the three, and they just got yeah. they just got yeah. burned on the back door. Right. Right. I think they got burned on the same exact cut three times in a row by a big guy. Yep. Yeah, it was yeah. not it was not pleasant to watch. And, and that's <laughs> you know that's what happens when you're knocking down shots. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when the Princeton offense and all the backdoor cutters, that tends to work a lot better. If you can't shoot, it becomes difficult. But, you know, give William & Mary a lot of credit. They're going to win a lot of games this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've got four guys that stand on the perimeter and shoot the ball well, and they had some pretty good athletes as well. So that, that loss may not look terrible, you know, if they go on and win their, their conference. I don't, I don't think it's an embarrassing loss because of the opponent. I think mm-hmm. it's an embarrassing loss because they got the margin. stomped. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they didn't get it within twelve. It, it I was think. it was never close, you know. And, and you mm-hmm. you hate to see at home uh, not being able to fight back. At, at no point, well, I guess at no point in the first half did I ever think the game was over. Right? I I thought that State would find a run somewhere, and it mm-hmm. just didn't happen. It, and you mentioned losing Lacey and Turner. I think it's that Turner is kind of overlooked in that group. But he used to always hit those like stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. Right? You really need a three. He seemed to have a knack for hitting those shots, and and you saw that when they got down twenty to five early, there was no one to hit that shot for them to like sort of stop the bleeding and calm everybody down, and it just snowballed, and and then it was you know right. the margin was just too big to ever make up. And, and I think this year's team doesn't have that. I, I don't think that we're going to be able to come back from fifteen seventeen. Right. Yeah. It's going to have to really rely on its defense and grind it out on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last year when we were down. 20 to Clemson or, or down 20, I always thought we could come back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this year, I don't think our personnel really kind of lends itself to falling behind and coming back. I think that, you know, games are going to have to be played, um, you know, really on the defensive end and grind it out. We're going to really have to be patient, take good shots. Um, you and know, that personnel got thinner for a couple of months with yeah. the loss of Henderson. Yeah. And that's a guy, yeah, he may maybe be like a Ralston Turner, you know, that can kind of step into that role of, you know, hitting some of those stop-the-bleeding shots. And you lose that guy, you know, you're you're back to kind of a situation like we talked about with Scott Wood where, you know, you've got pretty much one sole uh, legitimate three-point threat. I mean, I know Caleb's worked on his shot, but it felt like in that game Caleb was trying maybe a bit too hard at times trying to hit that shot, and it wasn't there. And so losing Henderson, I think, is going to – we're going to feel it the next couple months. It, it forces uh, Rowan to, to mm-hmm. have to be the guy now, you mm-hmm. know, as opposed to being able to ease into the, the sort of Scott Wood, Rolson Turner right. um, role. And, and he, he doesn't get that option now. He kind of just has to do it from the word go, <laughs> right? And uh, you know, he's a freshman. He makes he's made a lot of mistakes early, um, mm-hmm. more and more so, uh, you know, on the defensive side and the offensive side. But uh, at but least yeah, he's learning against def- these teams, right? And not there's, there's definitely a give and take there. I mean, yeah. Kristen, was there was there a situation during your playing years where you had a guy that was particularly strong in either offensive or defense? And you wanted to put the guy out there, but he was such a liability on the other side of the ball that you couldn't really justify having him out on the court. Well, and, it depends how you... good you score. I mean, Rodney Monroe would fit that bill. He couldn't play a lick of defense. Oh, really? All-time leading. No, See, just... I only remember Rodney for the scoring. But, no, I'm uh... just joking. He, he was a great defender. But, um, you know, I think that, that uh, Maverick's a, a young player, that his offense is certainly way ahead of his defense. But... That comes in time. That just mm-hmm. comes with maturity. Um, every game, you'll see improvement, uh, both offensively and defensively. But you know, I don't. The, the panic button certainly. You know, you look at this team and you say, "Gosh, what are we going to have?" But all of Mark's teams get better and better as sure. the year goes on, mm-hmm. and and they're replacing some big pieces. It's just you know, you mentioned Caleb. Who's going to step up? You know, there's got to be a guy that really takes on that role of you know, we need a bucket. And to me, that was Trevor Lacey mm-hmm. or Austin Turner last year. And then, you know, that's the kind of thing that, that the coaches and the players kind of you, you, you kind of evolve into that. Um, you know, right now after two games, I sit back and I go, "Wow, you know, I don't like what I see after two yeah. games." But um, you know, that's basketball, and, and and you learn and you you know feel your way through it. Um, and, and I'm sure that'll happen. It's good that we've got. You know some games coming up that are certainly winnable games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know before we get into you know going up to New York and playing some tougher teams. Right. 
I that, feel like that's it, the nice thing about basketball season is you, it has sort of an ebb and flow, and yeah. it's not you don't have to come out fully baked to be a successful team at the end of the year. Sure, I, and, and certainly I, I didn't mean to say press the panic button because I don't believe that at all. I don't think that's where we are. I, I just think there's a lot of places this team needs to get better right now. Right, and sort of they were all they were just sort of just badly exposed. <laughs> well, it, one of the things on I, I mentioned on Twitter uh, during that South Alabama game was I felt like. You know, we were missing, you know, certainly some of Trevor's scoring, but he also provided kind of a leadership and a, and a heart to this team that doesn't seem like it's there yet. And I don't know, We, uh, I think, we, Chris, you over the years have been with us in situations where we've had a quiet leader and we've, you know, had somebody that needed to step up, step up and be more vocal. Do you feel like Cat is prepared to take that leadership mantle or is he doing a good job to this point? Uh, two games in the season, or or does he need to be more vocal and, and more of a demonstrative leader? You would like for him to be, but that's that's not who he is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it needs to come from someone else. I mean, Cat um, leads by example. He goes out there, um, you know, plays hard, does things, but that's not who he is. That's not his makeup. And you, you would hope that um, Terry or Caleb would be those two that kind of give that punch and obviously now with with uh henderson out you know hopefully caleb's the guy that says you know what i'm the leader i want to take a tough shot um last year it was trevor both on and off the court he was the guy um and i think all all teams need that it's vital um and um you know cat cat needs to kind of get out of his little funk that he's in he had a heck of a second half of uh last year and he needs to rekindle that he had a you know strong preseason um, and, and, you know, we need to get scoring from Cat. You know, you look around and you say, where's the scoring going to come from? And certainly on the perimeter, he needs to give us points. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Abu is, is doing a nice job on the interior. But I think our half-court offense is kind of a question mark of, you know, when a defense is set up and we're playing five-on-five half-court, where are those points coming from? You know, I think yeah. in transition, the more we can push the ball, uh, the more we can get some four-on-three easy shots, use our athleticism, I think will we'll, we'll be much better for us. And that'll be when probably we'll see more of that when the defense comes around and starts forcing maybe some more turnovers on the perimeter. But I think historically, Mark Goffrey's teams haven't really been very good at creating a lot of those turnovers uh, on the perimeter. Yeah. Well, a lot of that is personnel. I think this personnel warrants mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting in the passing lanes. I mean, we, we've got good athletes at every position, mm-hmm. and I think that that's something they realize that they've got to create some easy buckets. You know, it's hard scoring five on five. If you can get out and run, especially with Cat, I think he yeah. needs yeah. to use his ability and. And, and push it and look for the open guys down the floor. Um, but in talking to the coaches today, they realize their half-court offense is struggling and they're going to have to find easier ways to score. There, I did think their movement in the second game got better. Against William & Mary, it was a lot of, yeah, it's a zone, so let's put a guy on the free throw line. But then everyone just stood still and watched as you know, Cat or Caleb or somebody tried to literally force the ball into there and there was a lot more movement at least to my eye against South Alabama they were moving cutting Um, I could hear Gottfried and he was yelling move move every single time (laughs) I don't know about you guys but when I watch after two games it really looks like this team you know generally other teams NC State teams that have played a couple games they seem more mature Mm -hmm. you know we seem like we've had some careless turnovers um, and when I look at that, I get excited because I know we can get better. Yeah, you know, yeah. I know that what we're seeing is, you know, kind of like a baby learning how to walk. But you know, though they've got some experience, they don't have the kind of experience in the roles that they need to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I think is going to be exciting is to, you know, see who really steps up and says, you know what, this is my team. Um, and I, I going into the season, said, you know. You know, we lost a couple of players. I didn't realize the impact that those three really had on our team. And then Des Lee in the locker room, too, I'm sure. That's, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I forgot about him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting. But it's it's exciting to, to think, you know, where they are now, even one and one, in, in where this team and what it will look like come February, March. Yeah. I mean, I, I know we talked about it was a disappointing loss to William & Mary, uh, in in the the margin and, and how they lost, but you know as we expect William and Mary to become a good basketball team if they're not already over the course of the year, 
I mean, it feels kind of similar to how that central loss was, what, two, three years ago? Yeah. Where, you know, it hurt at the time. It was We were all wondering why. But uh, at the end of the year, when Central was a very good basketball team, you know, RPI-wise, and, you know, we certainly know that Gottfried and his staff loves to schedule with the RPI in mind, you know, it didn't ultimately end up hurting us too bad. And it's I not, don't feel like this is going to hurt us It's not a killer well. loss by any yeah. means. Uh, William and Mary's going to be a top 100 RPI team. I have a little, yeah. little doubt about that. They're yeah. not... It's not going to go into the the bad loss. Con- I mean, you hate to think about March all the way now, but inevitably <laughs> well, this stuff matters. Yeah. This stuff matters in March. You, you know those those uh, hundred plus RPI losses, and I don't think you have to. I don't think you have to worry about that from watching this team. I mean, that that's a legitimately good team that that's probably going to dance. I think. Yeah, I mean, just First from time a- ever actually, I didn't realize that. Oh, they've, they've never ne- been. They've never been. Well, huh? Fingers crossed. That. Yeah. What league are they in? CAA. Yeah. Colonial. Colonial. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably a one bit leader league. Yeah, I, I mean, so. VCU's in it. Now, I know they lost Shaka, but yeah. they, they're going to play some good teams. Richmond. Oh, that's um, not a one bit league. Never mind. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a pretty decent league. That's a decent so. league. Yeah, so yeah. They, they got a good shot. <laughs> yeah, it, it, they certainly didn't play like a team that is not going to be a, uh, a tournament team because they play with a ton of confidence, came in. I mean, I don't know. It feels like maybe one of those instances where if you're the road school against an ACC opponent, you got nothing to lose, really. Yeah. You know, you just come out gunning. Um, but they played with a lot of poise, and that you know, they had poise. We didn't, and that made all the difference. You yeah. see, you see teams like that a lot of times. They come in, they come out hot, and and then it, it inevitably withers. They miss a few shots, yeah, and it yeah. all goes away. I kept waiting for that. To happen. They, they like. Chris said sort of pivoted their offense uh, when State started coming out of the three-point shooters. They started utilizing the other parts of their offense and getting all these easy baskets, and they really didn't ever get to this point where they were breaking shots or, yeah, or right. like, they never went into any sort of panic mode, and part of that is State didn't really ever force them to go into any sort of panic <laughs> no. mode. But part of it was just their own maturity and their own confidence in running their, their system. Right. Yeah. Well, the other one, one other thing with losing an early game, I mean, there's a positive to that because the the guys are kind of set back. A they're little not going to be overconfident. If there was any overconfidence coming into Friday, it's you know, gone. The coaches yeah. have their full attention. Right. Yeah. You know, they're not walking in there like you know they've already done it. So there is a positive. You know, you never want to take a loss. You know, you don't want to take the loss to find the positive. Right. But right. there is there is some positives that come from that. Yeah, I watched. You'd much rather win that game in a close way and get the same out, same effect than. uh, Hey guys, you almost blew it. Yeah, (laughs) right. Well, I watched uh, Godfrey's post game after the the William and Mary game, and he seemed uh, he seemed like he he mentioned flat out that he wished he had more time because I felt like he's he it was almost like he'd been given a wealth of tape that he could show to the team. Look, here are all the different ways you guys are struggling right at this very moment in time. These are all the things that we didn't get a chance to work on or that we need to work on. Uh, and he lamented that he only had one day to really kind of address some of those things. It didn't ultimately bite him against uh, South Alabama, but I'm sure he's going to go back to that William & Mary tape for as long. La- won't be the last time <laughs> they see it. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so he'll be using that as a resource, I'm sure, for a good bit uh, coming forward. Uh, so, Chris, you called the game against William & Mary. Um, did an excellent job. You didn't get irate. I, I felt like at some point there was going to be a point where you were just like, guys, come on, <laughs> pull it together. Uh, it didn't happen. You did a, a, an excellent job of Consumer being pro- professional. Yes. Yes. Like Eugene Robinson on Panthers <laughs> yeah. broadcast yeah. where he just goes berserk out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. It's the nice thing about being in the home radio team. Is you, just do, <laughs> yeah. you just do whatever you no want. No one's going to complain. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, you have the Wednesday's game as well. Um, what, what's it like calling uh, TV games? I mean, you you, you are in that mode where you kind of have to realize that you know I'm I'm here because I uh, you know of of who I am and, and my association with NC State, but I can't also you know give short shrift to the other yeah. team. It, it's it's difficult. I'm you know I've been a passionate booster for a long time since yeah. my playing days and. I had to catch myself because a couple of times I did say we. Right. And, uh, <laughs> I, wasn't say I saw a few references yeah, on Twitter. I was laughing. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a little different. It's a different mindset. Yeah. Um, I did six games last year of, that Davidson um, was playing. And, and uh, you know, that's kind of easy because you don't really care about either team. But it's a, it's a little different because 
um, you know, it's a mindset. I know the team. I know the players. I know yeah. the coaches. Yeah. And and uh, you know, trying to stay Your sons on the team. Yeah. Sons on the team. <laughs> I was just happy he didn't get in that game. I, I know. Was, I was, I was, I'm gonna <laughs> say if he gets in, if he gets in on Wednesday, now, if he up, gets in on Wednesday, how how's yeah, that gonna I was go? Like, they're, they're up 15 with three minutes to go. Mark, what in the hell are you doing? <laughs> when are you putting them in? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it, it's fun. I enjoy doing it, and um, I look forward to doing some more. Have you had a chance to look at IUPUI and and break them down at all? It's only Monday. Every time I see IUPUI, that always cracks me up because it's Indiana University, Purdue University at Indiana? Indianapolis. Of Indianapolis? Yeah, I didn't even even know that. I know Ron Hunter, Georgia State coach, (laughs) that's where he got his start. Uh That's the guy that famously fell out of his chair during the Baylor game. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where he got – that's a – about all I got for you. <laughs> you. You did about the most amount of yeah. IUPUI uh, pre-screening at this point. Uh, probably, I think they're, actually George Hill the went there. On, worst team on state schedule. This oh, really? They did have a first-round pick like probably. four or five years ago. George Hill, who oh, I think wow. he's on the, yeah, he was on the Pacers. Yeah, he was yeah. he was an IUPUI guy. Okay. Wow. All righty then. So there, I got that's now Matt, I got maxed out. You've <laughs> earned your keys. That's two, yeah. that's two uh, nuggets right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah use that. Use sheet. that. Yeah. You can use it free of charge. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, let me pull up Kim Palm here. I, I don't. I, I'm there. Two ninety something. I, I'm, I'm a cheapo. So <laughs> yeah, two ninety five. So yeah, they're uh, they're down there. Um, yeah, it, it, it should be an easy win for State, and, and it, obviously, uh, it kind of. I guess these games are all part of the uh, the Brooklyn. Uh, uh, Barclays, the, yeah, the they're like the class. they're like the regional version of this right. tournament thing they're in, where they go to mm-hmm. Barclays. Which is funny. It's I think it's the FanDuel Legends Classic, and isn't that now oh, yeah. banned in New York? That's right. That's right. <laughs> is it really? And yeah. I also thought the NCAA wasn't taking like sponsorship money, but I guess it's not. I guess the NCAA doesn't get that money. No, it's like just ESPN. Yeah. Okay. But still, I thought that was kind of funny that the, that the final games are played in New York, and that's actually can they just not say it? It's the Legends Classic, and so the FanDuel Legends. Oh, Classic. Well, I we have a feeling you'll get plenty of FanDuel ads. Yeah, we were in the Bitcoin Bowl last year, so maybe we can <laughs> just make a habit of uh, being, of being in events in where events that are going to go defunct. <laughs> yeah. The Iraqi Dinar yeah, Bowl, the Mac- Micron PC Bowl. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, I don't want to necessarily write off IUPUI, but. Uh, uh, given where they are at this point in time and the fact that they don't have a future NBA star, most likely, um, sets the table for Arizona State. And then I guess uh, who would be our other opponent or possible opponent? Marquette opponents? and... I can't remember who's on the other side of that bracket. Mark. I remember it being announced in, like, April or whatever that was. Yeah. And but I'm I don't know. Blake. It's Marquette. I know they're one of the other teams. Yeah, unfortunately, the, uh, the GoPats... Uh, schedule doesn't have that here handy, so we'll, well, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But um, yeah, it's I, I'm looking to see more, I guess, cohesion from this team moving forward. I, you know, you'd like to see it against uh, a lower level team against IUPUI, and it looks like LSU will be uh, the other team, which we'll get to see the much hyped Ben Simmons. Yeah. Who ESPN devoted just about all of their uh, coverage they, to? They had the replay. They showed like eight times of him with a completely uncontested two-handed alley oop. <laughs> I was like, he made a behind-the-back pass with his offhand in traffic. Yeah, right. they showed the yeah. you know the two-handed uncontested alley. Yeah, I, I, I was like driving to know crazy. Why ESPN's in the tank so much on Ben Simmons? But maybe that's something we'll find out later on down the road. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to see more cohesion and 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 see uh, you know this team. Can't get off the funk uh, that he's been on in these, you know, first couple of games. Show a little bit more command, and um, just you know, I I I'd mentioned during the South Alabama game, it just feels kind of like there's just five guys, five of our guys out on the court right at this moment. Pick a five, any five, they all kind of feel the same way. It doesn't feel like one lineup has any more, you know, um, capability over one or the other. Um, and I know Mark sometimes likes to try to kind of change up his lineups early in the year, trying to find a good, you know, chemistry. Um, but I, I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Maybe see some of the team gel a little bit more. It's still it's still early, but um, you know, it'd be nice to see this team uh, put together a solid performance against the Jaguars of IUPUI. Two back-to-back Jaguar mascots. 
for those of you keeping score. <laughs> Jaguars. I was thinking Cougars, so I was at least in the ballpark. You, you, you had the right uh, seems family uh, of animal uh, or phylum. Um, so uh, uh, I don't know, Chris. You're, uh, do you have any other additional thoughts at this point in the season? It is early. Yeah, yeah it's early. It's it's. Um, I think that these games are important. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that uh, you know, cat to me is still the catalyst. You know, we're only as good as. Cat's going to be, and uh, he has struggled the first two games. I would look for him to to come out and have a big game, and, and not only are the fans looking for that, but the players, you know, yeah. they're, they're dependent on him. They know that um, you know what he's capable of doing, and and I think as Cat goes, you're going to see other guys kind of lift their game up um, and, and get things going as well. You hope that Caleb continues. Uh, playing with confidence, you know, I think that's the big thing with Caleb is confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Maverick, you know, his maturity on the offensive end has been been great. I mean, when he shoots the ball, it looks like it's going in every time, mm-hmm. and um, now he's going to be thrust into a role that um, is going to give him minutes and shots right away. Um, and then the big guys need to continue getting better and finding ways to score. I think Abu's, you know, shown some um, really good flashes of being a dominant player inside. Um, his athleticism is just off the charts, yeah. uh, but he needs to continue to be able to knock down the ten, twelve footer, and uh, be able, be able to stretch the defense a little bit. But um, these games are, are going to be more important for this NC State team than, than any other team because they've got guys that have to learn how to play different roles. And uh, hopefully Wednesday night you'll see guys kind of step up. You'll see Cat kind of take a load on his shoulders and. Um, you know, I, I still think you know, as Cat goes, so does the pack. Yeah. And um, you know, we'll just uh, you know try to get a win. Win breeds confidence, and I still think that after two games, I look at this team and I go, ugh. But I know that it's going to be fun watching where they get. Right. You know, it's it's uh, you know it's funny. You know, some teams start off and they're pretty good and they stay pretty good. I think right now we're we're not near where we're going to be. Yeah, uh, here in a couple months. Yeah, I, I I think especially defensively, the ceiling is much higher for this team than it is uh, proving to be right at this moment, or at least where they're at right now. And you know, Cat um, will hopefully have a game sooner rather than later, much like he did against Georgia Tech last year, where his offense just suddenly explodes and well, then he he blossoms. And <laughs> James, if you think about it, the the last I don't know what it was seventeen eighteen games. I mean, Cat was phenomenal, and you kept yeah. waiting. He's not going to play again. Like oh, it was a great game, great yeah. shot, the lights out. Um, he hasn't made a three pointer. Where, you know, the end of last year, he was a great three point threat. Um, it was the tale of two halves. I mean, the first half of last year, you were wondering yeah. why they traded Tyler Lewis. <laughs> and, uh, and in the second half of the year, he was to me one of the best point guards in the country, not only yeah. the conference. Um, so we need to get him back at that level, and he needs a good game. He needs his confidence too. I mean, we we forget their kids, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that would be important for him. And you'd also want to see Cody get get some good quality minutes. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. he's capable of doing a lot of things. Played a lot of four uh, in the preseason. Haven't seen him there a whole lot. And I don't believe Cat's really been out of the game much. And, and he didn't come out until 59 seconds left. Right, and that's he's played 98.8 percent of his team's yeah, minutes. And, and that's going to be important to kind of you know play against IUPUI and mm-hmm. get a little lead. And you know Cody's their backup right now. And, yeah. You know we're going to need him. You know Cat's going to get in foul trouble. Cat's going to have games where he needs a break. So you know I think experimenting with different lineups is going to be important, but. Again, you know, I hate hate kind of harping on, but Cat's the catalyst to kind of get us there. Yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, I think you're right. As Cat goes, this team will as well, and uh, we shall see. At, hopefully, like I said, he'll find himself uh, and therefore the rest of the team earlier rather than later on in this, this season. And I mean, we should mention he was two assists away from a triple double yeah. against South Alabama, so. Yeah. It wasn't like he was. Uh, he did a good job of getting to the line, and mm-hmm. he hit, I think, seven of eight free yeah. throws or something like that. So, I mean, there's, uh, you know, we've complained about free throw shooting in the past, so yeah, you and I, at least take that. And if rebounding is indicative of effort, I mean, yeah. he was certainly giving his effort at least on the defensive uh, rebounding side of things mm-hmm. as well. So, uh, yeah, I think it's not time to hit the panic button by any stretch of the imagination. Well, uh, this has been a fun show. Austin, thank you for rejoining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. 
Chris, thank you for rejoining us. Thank Hopefully you. we'll get the chance to see you a little bit more Absolutely. this season. I will say the same thing for you, Austin, as well. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but I, you have two twin babies, so I know uh, that's maybe a little bit less realistic than uh, uh, we'll maybe. See. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Matt, of course, always thank you for your work as well. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, this is James Curl saying so long here for the Riddick and Reynolds podcast. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.